Welcome to Dr. Thoughts, a smart, driven, and fabulous podcast by Drs. Ryan LaValle and Kalia Johnson, where sometimes it's about occupation and sometimes it's just sassy. We are recording. Wow, first episode, Ryan. (laughs) We're so ready and not at all at the same time. Just like academia. (laughs) (laughs) All right, welcome everybody to the first episode of Dr. Thoughts, a smart, driven, and fabulous podcast by yours truly and Dr. Kalia Johnson as well. We are both here awkwardly starting this thing out with all of you all. We'll see what ends up coming down the line on this new exciting podcast experience. Um, Do you have anything to add, Kalia, as we embark on this journey together? Yeah, just to share with everybody that, you know, we've been having these conversations with you all online and also, you know, with each other for some time and figured we um, create a space for us to be able to flesh these things out a little bit more and share it with you. Now, it always won't be about occupational science and occupational therapy. I mean, there's real life sorts of things we want to discuss as well. Um, And we, you know, just want you all to come along for the ride and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And as we've been talking and getting to know each other over the years, we've had lots of fun conversations that sometimes stem from occupation, occupational therapy, and sometimes are just off the wall. And we get to bounce ideas around with each other and figure stuff out. And sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's serious and sometimes it's a little bit sassy. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's always sassy. (laughs) (laughs) We keep it real. We keep it sassy, but it's always, you know, good stuff in the long run. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think we wanted to create sort of a real talk space, but where we could talk about occupational therapy, occupation stuff, but also give a little bit of a sense of some of the conversations that we like to have and are having with our students, with our friends, with the people around us, and just sort of figuring out life together. Um, And we thought we wouldn't necessarily make it all formal. And so that's why we came up with Dr. Thoughts, um, because, you know, we are a little bit sassy, a little bit um, not always classy, <laughs> but we, we tend to keep it classy as well in other situations when we need to. Yes, that was, it was a nice play on thoughts, you know, because we are academics, but, you know, like you said, we still like to have fun and keep it sassy, keep it a little, a little different from I think what people expect of professors and postdocs, right? Yeah, hopefully professors someday. Girl, if I can. Oh, we're claiming it. We're claiming it. <laughs> Speak it into the universe, right? That's right. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit of background of you um, and what you do and maybe a little bit of your, your professional background and maybe a little bit of your personal background. Sure. So I am an assistant professor in the Division of Occupational Science and Occupational Therapy at UNC Chapel Hill, specifically the School of Medicine. Um, I've been here for two years, um, but I am not new to UNC. I earned my PhD in Occupational Science from here. So returning as a professor was a little bit like returning home. 
Um, I'm also an affiliate uh, research faculty member at the Center for Cultural Experiences and Prevention at Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, started work there as a postdoc um, between 2017 and 2019 and continued to collaborate with the wonderful faculty there. And um, I would share that I work for Elsevier, but I actually resigned that job yesterday. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, for anyone who has engaged in the clinical solutions platform that Elsevier has, I actually helped them build that online product. Um, and after five and a half years, decided yesterday to turn that over to someone else. And let's see, what else don't people know about me? Um, I am partnered, been married for 10 years. Um, I have a four-legged daughter. Um, although I guess, yeah, she's still my daughter, but she's now older than me. Roxy's nine. Um, she's a silver <laughs> Labrador. They do exist for the non-believers. You are welcome to DM me anytime and I will send you pictures. Um, I am the oldest of two girls. I grew up in a small town, due east of Atlanta. Um, I am a Falcons fan through and through, although our team is garbage most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm 37, I'm a Cancer, and I love all things fabulous. So y'all heard it right. If you're gonna talk about sports, talk to Kalia, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know how helpful it will be to talk to me. I can at least listen, but my sports knowledge, is it is limited for real. <laughs> that's awesome and um you also have some pretty cool uh profiles on social media what are those called yeah so on instagram i am the academic diva i share everything from my work as an occupational scientist and occupational therapy practitioner to my love of fancy toasts i also love a really good cocktail um and pre-pandemic i was a pretty prolific traveler um, I'm also on Twitter, and that handle is Oc Science Bay. So that's O C C Science Bay. And I pretty much discuss the same things there, but I think the conversation on Twitter actually might be a little more um, provocative. Um, I engage a lot more Black academics in that space. And so there's a lot of hashing of university politics and you know, deliberations about whether or not the ivory tower is even a place for us. And um, I'm also on Clubhouse. I'm still very much a lurker on Clubhouse and that handle is Kay Johnson PhD. And I guess at some point I actually might use the same handle across all platforms, but um, pretty much wherever it starts is how it's finished. So for now, know that I have three different handles. <laughs> Uh, but enough about me. Tell them about you, Dr. Yeah. LaValle. So I am Dr. Ryan LaValle. I am currently a postdoc in the Division of Occupational Science and Occupational Therapy at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, I hope to be a faculty member somewhere, somewhere soon, um, and be able to to do the work that I love to do. Um, most of my uh, experience has been in community practice and occupational therapy, working outside the healthcare system. Um, but my PhD is from UNC Chapel Hill, all things transaction and John Dewey. Um, we'll probably talk about that at some point. Um, maybe we might even mention some Dewey boners, um, but <laughs> we might have to cut that out. Um, <laughs> 
but I went to, I got my master's degree in OT at Xavier University in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and my undergraduate at Xavier as well. So I'm Jesuit educated, ruined for life in a great way. Um, and that is what really sort of started me off into the, the social justice world and, and has really projected me into thinking about how OT can be working in that realm and, and doing the work that we need to do to create some powerful social change using occupation in everyday life um, and figuring out how to do that as OTs. So now I, as a postdoc, am connected with the Partnerships in Aging here at UNC, which is sort of a campus community bridge program that does student engagement as well as sort of general contracts with um, other community partners to help with lots of different things like program development, master aging plan, um, and we've partnered with the Orange County Department on Aging for many years to do work. Um, and I have been a practicing OT with the Orange County Department on Aging in a variety of different roles for about six years now. So I like to talk about older adults. I like to talk about fall prevention, dementia, dementia capability, and, and lots of um, anything really to related to doing stuff out in the community and, and older adults. Um, That's great. Tell about your social media. Oh, my social media, unlike Kalia, is all the same. <laughs> Ryan underscore Lavalley on any social platform um, other than TikTok, because I don't know how to do that. Um, but I have, uh, I'm on Twitter, and that tends to be rants, um, mostly, <laughs> and retweets. Um, sometimes some thought leadership is happening there, but mostly not. Um, and then Instagram is a newer place for me to come into like a professional role. I'm trying to brand myself a little bit and figure out how that works as a faculty member. Um, but I'm Ryan underscore LaValley there as well. Um, and then I'm recently on Clubhouse, but actually most of my time on Clubhouse is spent speaking Spanish in like Spanish learning rooms. And I haven't found a whole big um, community of OT stuff happening there yet. Every once in a while we have some OT events, but um, mostly it's just fun to meet people and speak Spanish and stuff. So um, personally, I am also partnered. I've been partnered for nine years with my my boyfriend, I am queer, I guess I should say that. <laughs> um, I'm queer and I have been out since 2012, I think. Um, so just after that, I started dating my current partner. We've been together ever since. Um, and I have also a four-legged child who is way too smart um, and you can see us dancing together on my Instagram if you want um, we like to do he's a border collie mix so he's got lots of energy and lots of brain power to do lots of things um, what else I've, I can't remember everything that you said so <laughs> now well listening to you I'm just like oh I didn't really share any clinical information but it's one of those things that's like after you said what you do for so much is like oh what are the most important things the university is like tell them where you work and which school you're in <laughs> none of the rest matters yeah so what is your clinical work um so I've been in OT now nearly 15 years that is so wild to say um <laughs> but I was in a dual Bachelor of Science and Master of Science program at what was then Brunel University Women's College. Um, it's now known just as Brunel University. 
Um, it's in Gainesville, Georgia. Um, I started out in acute care and doing home health therapy, but still primarily with older adults with neurological conditions. Um, and then moving to Chapel Hill to start a PhD program, I started um, subcontracting through therapeutic solutions, working in intermediate care facilities for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities and the same out in the community. And I'm doing air quotes, although um, you all can't see that because you know a lot of these community facilities have very institutional-like characteristics. So in the community, but not really. Um, and so since 2013, have been working exclusively with adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So yeah. Awesome. So how did we meet? <laughs> oh What's yeah. What's our story? <laughs> so here's the thing, and we we get this question a lot, and I think um, definitely after we publish the paper together is you know, do you all actually know each other? And I think people are getting that now because they're like, oh, you're both at UNC. It's like, yes, we're both at UNC. Our offices are actually next to each other. <laughs> um, but I actually met Ryan um, on his campus visit when he was applying to PhD programs. Um, I was then a doc student here at UNC Chapel Hill and the weekend he came, um, and I actually shared this story much, much later, after, you know, he spent some time with um, a, a group of us, it was uh, Chetna Sethi, for those of you who are at Towson, um, and Kirby, for those of you who are at the University of Utah, like, we all went to school together, and I told everybody straight up, I was like, he comes here, he's going to be my buddy, so we have a um buddy system you know for every incoming student they were paired with a more I won't say senior or veteran but you know somebody who's at least been here for a few semesters right show you the ropes um show you where all the the, the best bars are on Franklin Street and um <laughs> make sure that you set up your office is nice and so I um I claim Ryan um and really the rest is history you know we really cultivated a really special relationship and you know I'm, I'm I'm glad we met yeah I I had forgotten that you were like officially my buddy and I was like constantly emailing you about stuff like help me I'm a new PhD student I don't know what to do <laughs> it's like where do I live it's like not around the school is too expensive yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, it was so fun to to come into UNC and be able to have that experience and get to know you all. And then I think over the years, just through the different events and things and, and just being able to have real conversations and, and talk about the realities of OT and OS and, and go to conferences and say like, this OS thing is sort of wonky and weird and we don't really totally understand it, but it, it's still helpful in some ways, but also there's some like interesting aspects of we, we should probably talk about. <laughs> um, so I think we've just really, you know, developed a relationship that's allowed us to have real conversations. And that's one of the things that I, I think I first noticed about you was that just like she is a straight shooter, <laughs> you know, she's not going to hold back. She's telling you what's up. She's holding you accountable to the values and principles that you believe in, but she's going to tell you to your face if you didn't do what you needed to do. <laughs> 
And well, I appreciate that very much. And honestly, I, I feel the same about you. And maybe that's why, um, you know, the, the chemistry just was, was um, organic for us. Like you were not afraid to speak up, even as someone who was visiting, um, you know, you, you were very open and willing to engage and um, challenged us on things that we were saying in our class and, you know, we're able to talk about your own sort of philosophical orientation to things. And um, I think I attribute part of that to your Jesuit education for sure. <laughs> also <laughs> my Enneagram eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's just, you know, it just made it, it, I think it made it easy for us, but also for you to just kind of come into our community. And I think that's yeah. something that's very unique about um, pursuing a PhD here specifically because you hear so many horror stories from other folks about just the trauma they experience in PhD and y'all please don't like misconstrue this as like there was no like hardships or anything that were experienced on our side because that is unfortunately the culture of I think PhD education um but I think here we've just been really intentional about building community and having support. And so um, Ryan was a natural fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I feel like that's that's really like an important, I mean, there's just so many games in academia and like you, it's, you, you have to play a game and I hate playing the game. And I think that's been one place that like we've been able to build some of the work that we do together is that we're both just not interested in the game in a lot of ways. Like we'll play it and sometimes we play it damn well. But, you know, <laughs> at the same time, it's also like we're pushing and we don't want to deal with some of the the politics and the games that 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 we, we want to challenge it and say, right. no, that's that's not really human and humane. And we want to be able to to live our experience and do the work that we want to do without having to really jump hoops and you know do the pomp and circumstance always of, right. of some of that right yeah I think our generation of scholars we're just not not with the bs like this is this is a new day and a new way you know slaying academia <laughs> that's right you gotta you gotta slay that thing literally breaking it down but doing it fabulously yeah <laughs> You're going to slay it and slay it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I think has helped us move so many of our projects forward and, and really respond in a real way to like student needs. And it's just that like, we're honest with each other. We're honest with our students. We're honest with the other faculty members. And we have a lot of honesty in, as sort of like a culture of our division mm -hmm. in the, the real conversations that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think it opens up space for people to like, take it and do the work. Um, right. I mean, your pedagogy has to come from a place of integrity, right? Or, or what is it that we're really providing to our students? It's like, yes, you teach them sort of the, the basics, the foundations and all that kind of stuff that you need for practice. But, you know, we also have to teach them about the realities of practice, that everything that you're reading about in these books have to be applied in the context of the world that you're actually going out into. And so being able to do that in, in real and authentic ways, um, you know, I think is something that you and I both thrive on, but something that also that our students and our colleagues get a lot out of. And um, yeah, I think that's not anything that's like unique to UNC, you know, but um, definitely something 
that is, um, I think, uh, a culture of our generation of academics, though. Yeah, and I think that that honest communication and sort of holding a space that allows students to come to the faculty or us to communicate with each other really does sort of provide like a rich soil for a lot of these these projects and this work and these relationships to build where we can really do transformational work in an OT or an occupational science that hits on maybe some like more tender topics, um, but allows us to do it in a way that feels supported and, and well um, structured, but still real and raw. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's one thing that I've really learned from our relationship is you know, being able to build relationship and trust with each other to where I can ask you questions and you can ask me questions about our different identities and experiences in the world. And that allows, we, we sort of want that same thing to be true of the, the faculty and the students in our division, but the ones that like you and I have really worked to be able to do that with each other and, and have that real and raw, you know, talk right. Um, right. with each other to do the work. Right. Mm -hmm. And with safety, like I can't say that enough, you know. Um, and I probably haven't said how much I appreciate that as well, you know, especially, you know, for us, Black and female, you as a, as a queer white man, you know, mm -hmm. occupying both those spaces, you know, will lend us to have quite unique experiences, both in the academy and outside, but having the safety to be able to discuss some of those things with each other, but also to ask questions or to say, you know, me say, Ryan, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Or like, nah, Ryan, that ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, really being able to do that. Um, unfortunately, it's not common enough. Yeah. And I think that that's also something that I think is, is from my side, especially over the last year and thinking about being an accomplice and doing anti-racism work, you know, it's the same sort of feeling of safety and, and a, a long relationship that we've built together to where I can approach you with questions or say like, hey, I need your, your because your, your perspective on this particular issue or this topic, because it's like, you've seen me do the work, but also we've done the work together in a lot of ways. And, and mm -hmm. I've, you, you'll trust me to like go look in the literature before I come to you with a question. Yes. You know, and, and probably if I'm coming to you, then I have done some thinking about it already. I don't want you to just like teach me um, how to how to be a good accomplice or something like that. So um, yes, I don't know. For I everybody think... listening, I want you to like rewind that part and listen to it again. <laughs> Do, do your work first before coming and asking people to do that emotional and intellectual labor for you. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I think, I mean, there's like, there is a place for it. There is a place for us to have those conversations, but you can't just go find your local queer professor and be like, teach me how to be an anti-homophobia like accomplice like mm -hmm. it's it's about listening learning doing your own work and then building a strong relationship to where the first thing that you don't see about that other person is their minority status or minoritized status you know it's that they're your friend and you've built a relationship um, or a professional relationship that is such that you can approach them and say like hey 
we've done some work, we've communicated, and and now we can have some more delicate conversations that you probably wouldn't want to just walk up to somebody and be like, so can I say this word or can I not, you know, like, because <laughs> like we all have those words in community, you know, so those, those sorts of conversations that are delicate need some relationship behind them. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I think that it takes oh, the work to, to do that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we hope for everyone listening that it helps give you greater context for, you know, who we are, but also um, our relationship together and, and how we've come to, to do this work together. So long story short, yes, Ryan and I actually know each other. <laughs> <laughs> and we do the work together. Um, yes, yes. So one thing I wanted to say is, you know, as you all are listening, um, we want you to know that we want to talk about lots of different things on this podcast. We want to share our experiences, our perspectives. We're going to hopefully have some um, guests, you know, interviewees, I don't want to call them speakers because it's going to be a conversation. Um, we're going to have some fun and talk through. We've got some really exciting, um, some ideas for episodes coming down the line, thinking about just talking about occupation stuff, slaying academia, leaving the ivory tower, girls say what? um hobbies and interests you know and we're going to have some really great guests on here to talk with us about some of this stuff but if you have ideas or you just like us to to talk about something for you or do some real talk about a a conversation you'd like to have please send us a message or a dm or post about it and we'll see if we can make an, an episode happen about that topic Yes, please. We'd love to hear from you because we want to talk about things that interest you. I mean, obviously we have lots of interests, but. Um, oh yeah, we got a long list and y'all are going to be at the bottom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might be depending on how juicy it is. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it sassy, bump it up to the top. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, you know, reach out, reach out and let us, let us know. Yeah, real talk to the front. <laughs> real talk to the front. I like. I'm gonna have to steal that. I like yeah, that. <laughs> I, hey, that's our. That can be one of our slogans. We'll, yes, we'll pull a RuPaul and make it a thing. Yes, hashtag real talk to the front. Real talk to the front. All right. Well, that was an introduction to us, um, the hosts of, which is still weird to say, um, Dr. Thoughts, a smart, driven, and fabulous podcast, sometimes about occupation, but always and sometimes keeping it sassy. Mm -hmm. um, still working on our slogans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you have any parting words, Clea? Um, just to... Um... Keep yourselves fabulous in everything that you do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We will hopefully catch you all in the next one, which we don't know what it's about yet, but you'll see soon. <laughs> see y'all later. Bye, queens. <laughs>